Welcome to this week's podcast from Free Chapel in Orange County. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information, check out our website at freechapel.org. Do you have a Bible tonight? Go to Acts chapter 2, verse number 1. I'm going to give you a little bit of context before we read those. Is that all right? By the way, has anybody had any coffee today? Let me just see your hand if you've had coffee. Look at all these spirit-filled believers right there. I trust all of you with your hand up. If you don't have your hand up, you need to repent, for the kingdom of God is near. I don't trust anybody that doesn't drink coffee. And then spirit break out. Anyways, um, let me give you some context before we read Acts chapter 2, verse 1. This is the start of the church. Anybody love church? This is the start of the church. Our theology, we believe that Jesus... He came to this earth as the son of God. Nobody took his life, but he decided in his love for you and I, he gave his life and died on the cross after 33 years of a perfect, blameless life, died on the cross for the sins of the world. Does anybody believe in Jesus tonight and believe that he died for our sins? So our theology is that Jesus, he, he, he comes to this earth. He lives a beautiful life for 33 years. He dies on the cross for the sins of the world. The Bible says, though, that he went to the grave, death could not defeat him, and the grave could not hold him down. Does anybody believe tonight in the resurrection of Jesus Christ? Come on, y'all put your hands together. This is the 6 p.m., not the 4 p.m. I'm easy on the 4, but not the 6. So we believe Jesus, he he died on the cross for the sins of the world. After three days, he gets up out the grave because he is greater and stronger, gets the keys to everlasting life. And we believe that for 40 days before he goes back to heaven where there is insanely fast Wi-Fi and great air conditioning, before he goes back to play FIFA soccer for the rest of the world, Jesus, he spends 40 days with his, with his holy helpers, with his disciples, 40 days explaining to them what the reality of his death and resurrection now means for them. Now, Jesus in Matthew chapter 28, he gives his last words. We, we, we say it, uh, his last words are first concern. His great commission, he says, go therefore into all the nations. Go and teach them about me. Baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Lo and behold, I am with you even to the end of this age. Now, Jesus, before he commissions and sends them out, he says to his disciples, guys, I'm about to go. But before you leave, I want you to stay here in Jerusalem, which at the time is a place of chaos and conflict. I want you to stay in Jerusalem until you receive the power of the Holy Spirit. Now you gotta understand, Jesus has been hyping up the Holy Spirit for quite some time now. John chapter 14, John chapter 16, Jesus has been talking about the Holy Spirit, hyping this thing up. He's saying things like, it's to your advantage that I go away. He says, someone better than me is coming. He's gonna lead you, he's gonna guide you, he's gonna teach you, he's gonna remind you of everything that I've ever spoken. He's gonna convict you of sin, judgment, and righteousness. It's a better, someone better than me is coming. I'm just gonna tell you right now, if I was one of the disciples, and Jesus was telling me that something better than him was coming, I would have looked at Jesus and been like, yeah, right, Jesus. Something better than you, yeah, right, Jesus. Can the next guy, can he walk on water? Can the next guy just heal blind people, deaf people, mute people, dead people? Can the next guy, can the next guy do the wine thing? Because remember that one time we was at the party and you took the smart water, it was water and you touched it and turned to Cabernet. Can the next guy do the wine thing? Because if he cannot do the wine thing, he is not better than you, Jesus. 
Jesus has been hyping the Holy Spirit, the promise of the Holy Spirit. Acts chapter 2, verse 1. Let's read the fulfillment of this promise. It says, when the Feast of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Without warning, there was a sound like a strong wind, gale force. No one could tell where it came from. It filled the whole building. Then like a wildfire, the Holy Spirit spread throughout their ranks, and they started speaking in a number of different languages as the Spirit prompted them. There were many Jews staying in Jerusalem just then, devout pilgrims from all over the world. When they heard the sound, they came on the run. Then when they heard one after another, their own mother tongues being spoken, they were thunderstruck. They couldn't for the life of them figure out what was going on. And they kept saying, hold up, wait a minute, stop this, I'm not with it. Aren't these all Galileans? How come we're hearing them talk in our various mother tongues? Parthians, Medes, and Elamites, visitors from Mesopotamia, Judea, and Cappadocia. Let me just stop right there real fast. If you ever read the Bible and you don't know how to enunciate the thing, just fake it till you make it. Just, just keep on reading. And just act like you know. Cappadocia, Pontus in Asia, Phrygia, Pamphylia, Egypt, and the parts of Libya belonging to Cyrene. Immigrants from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, even Cretans and Arabs. They're speaking our languages, describing God's mighty work. Their heads were spinning. They couldn't make head or tail of any of it. They talked back and forth, confused. What's going on here? Others joked around, don't even worry about it. Those guys at church are drunk on cheap wine. It's amazing to me when the church started, the world could not figure out why we were going crazy with all the freedom and the joy that we had. The world couldn't figure out, but you and I know that we had discovered true life, Zoe life in Jesus himself. Come on, anybody thankful today that we have found freedom and we have found the Holy Ghost. Come on, y'all make some noise if you're grateful for God today and grateful for the Holy Spirit. I want to preach a message. If you're taking notes, you can write down the title. It's called, I Got an agent. I got an agent. And I want to pray. I want to believe that tonight, wherever you're at, tonight when you leave this service, you'll leave better than you came. Leave with your head high, feeling encouraged, knowing that God is for you. God is working things out, not just in our country, but even in your world. Does anybody agree with that? Come on, let's bow our heads and let's pray. Father, thank you so much for this wonderful church. We are so grateful for all that you've done in just such a short amount of time at Free Chapel. God, we believe that the best is yet to come for this community. And God, we're also asking that as we gather around your word, that we will be strengthened and encouraged. Open up our eyes so we can see your son. Open up our ears so we can hear the Holy Spirit. Remind us tonight of how wonderful and awesome and kind and gracious you are. We are thanking you in advance for these things. And God, with our heads bowed and our eyes closed, we're believing for the Los Angeles Lakers that next year we will win the championship and you'll bring the glory back to the team that you love the most, the Lakers. God, we know you don't love Cleveland. You proved it for 52 years. God, bring it back to Los Angeles. In Jesus' name, and we all said, come on, Laker fans. I need a little bit more faith. Where the Laker fans at? Where the Dodger fans at? Where the Angel fans at? All right, I like that. I like that right there. 
Um, just let me see your hand. Um, just throw up your hand. If you are this person, you are this way. This is your natural inclination. This is me. If you are naturally a hype person, you hype things up. Let me just see your hand right now. Just admit it. No shame in your game. We're at church. No judgment. If you're a hype person, let me see your hand. Hype people are my favorite people. I am a hype person. Hype people are the best because they're always hyping stuff up. You know, they're always, like, if they go to a coffee shop, they're like, I just went to the best, new, bestest, greatest coffee shop ever. You know, if they make a new friend, they're like, oh my gosh, I'm, I've got the best new friend, Rick. Rick is so funny. Like, the new friend is always funny. Never so smart, just funny. Rick is so funny. Oh my gosh. I'm just, the hype people just always hyping stuff up. My wife is also a hype person. So if you ever come to our house, we just run around hyping stuff up. Oh my gosh. Ah, we just, that's, that's our house. It's just, it's a house hype. Okay. So, so we, this is what we do. Hype people are amazing though. You learn from experience that whatever a hype person says, you divide in half. Like if they say church was awesome, the place was packed, you know, church was mediocre. Half the room was full that like you just learned. You know that Rick, Rick is really not funny. He's good over text, boring in person. But he's fun. he can send a good gift. He knows how to meme. He's not that funny in person. You learn from experience. Recently, my wife, she came home, and she knows that my favorite food is Mediterranean food. I'm, I look, I'm Mexican, but I love that Mediterranean food. You give me some pita and some hummus, revival, okay? So that's just, that's how, that's how I roll, okay? I like carne asada, but it don't mess with that pita and hummus, okay? So my wife comes home she, the other day, and she said, babe, you're never going to believe this. I, I found the best, new, greatest Mediterranean food. I looked at my wife. I said, woman, run and get that food right now. I don't like to eat Mediterranean at the restaurant because when I get all up in that thing, you know, it's just it's not good, okay? So I like to eat it at my house. So she goes to the place. She gets some to-go. She brings it home. I'm at my house. I'm enjoying the Mediterranean food. I'm halfway through the Mediterranean meal. I'm, I'm in the middle of the Mediterranean food. I dropped my fork. I looked at my wife. I said, woman, you didn't tell me the half of how good this thing is. Oh my gosh, run and go get more. I need more lamb. I need more chicken. This is amazing. I was so excited because the hype delivered. I want to tell you today, Jesus had been hyping the Holy Spirit. He was so excited because he knew that he was limited to be one person at one place at one time. But he knew that when the Spirit of Jesus came, by the way, the Holy Spirit is not an alternative spirit. It is the Spirit of Jesus, and it is God. It is the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Jesus was excited because he knew through his death and his resurrection, the Spirit of God would no longer dwell on the earth, but it would be inside of us. He could be all places at all times for all people. He was going to be omnipresent. Come on, anybody thankful today that Jesus didn't even tell us the half of how good. Come on, y'all can get louder than that in the 6 p.m. Are you grateful for the Holy Ghost? Jesus was pumped. He was excited because he knew what the Holy Spirit was going to do. I'm going to give you some things to encourage you in your faith tonight. I want you to write down four things that I want to tell you tonight. Here's the first thing why Jesus was excited about the Holy Spirit. He was excited because, number one, he knew that the Holy Spirit is the ultimate helper. He's an active agent. He is the ultimate helper. He is an active agent. He is the helper in your life. Watch the role of the Holy Spirit in your life. His role is to guide you, 
comfort you, lead you, teach you, shape you. All of his role is just to be a helper. He's going to help lead you on the right path. He's going to help convict you of sin. By the way, condemnation is from the devil. It drives you away from God. Conviction is from the Holy Spirit. It points you to God. Anybody thankful that you still get convicted over the sin of your life? That's the Holy Spirit helping you out. He is the ultimate helper. He's an active agent. In other words, the Holy Spirit, he works the day shift. He works the night shift. He works the midnight shift. He's always at work. The Holy Spirit does not work in your life when you're doing well. When you're in church and you're doing good and you're paying your tithes and you're worshiping the Hillsong, that's not when the Holy Spirit works best. The Holy Spirit works in your life even when you're rebelling and you're doing bad and you're in a bad space and your head is confused and you're not doing well. The Holy Spirit does not work in your life predicated upon your behavior, your morals, or your standards. The Holy Spirit is committed to you. He's saying, I'm going to be an active agent and I'm going to go to work all all the time. Is this encouraging anybody tonight? I've got, the, anybody know a, a, a workaholic? Just if you know a workaholic, don't point at him. I didn't say point at him. I said, do you know one? <laughs> People start pointing at their, <laughs> I got this friend. He, he works all the time. That's all he does, work. He works, he works the day shift, takes a couple hours off, works the night shift. We can never go have fun. We can never go do anything. We can't take no trips together because all this guy does is work. He is always at work. I want to encourage you today. The Holy Spirit is always working in your life. He is always active. He is an active agent. He is there to help you and to lead you, to guide you. He is working on your life. He is the ultimate helper. He's an active agent. You know, our church is in LA. We, we, we meet in West Hollywood. And, um, and, and in our church, we have a lot of young industry kids, a lot of young industry, you know, want to be entertainment people. And so, you know, they want to be an actor. They want to be a model. They want to be a singer. And so they're having to, you know, wait tables as, as you know, their careers taken off. And so I will often ask the young Hollywood kids in our church, how's it going? Are you doing well? You doing okay? And often I will get the same reply back. People will say to me often, I had to fire my agent. I said, like, you fired your agent? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Had to fire my agent. I said, why did you fire your agent? I think you need your agent. No, I had to get rid of my agent, you know. Wasn't, wasn't working hard for me. You know, I should be landing this. I should be there. I should be, should be you know, getting landing this job. But they weren't working hard for me. Can I encourage you today? You got an active agent. You got an agent that's working on your life. He's working on your home. He's working on your family. But I tell you, he's working on you. Is there anybody grateful today that you got the ultimate helper in your world? He's an active agent. Come on, y'all give him some praise today. If you believe that about him, I'm telling you, it's who the Holy Spirit is. He's the ultimate helper. He's an active agent. And watch, let me tell you, when the Holy Spirit shows up, he knows how to speak your language. Can you write that down? Number two, the Holy Spirit speaks your language. Did you know, notice what happened? These guys, Jesus said, don't you leave Jerusalem until the promise of the Holy Spirit comes. These guys are scared for their life. They're in a city of conflict and chaos. They get a hotel room at the Holiday Inn. They go up to the eighth floor. It's just a bunch of them crowded in this little room. They got two acoustic guitars. They are singing oceans from the top of their lung. Spirit lead me where my trust is with. They're, they're on the eighth floor and the Holiday Inn. They are singing their, their little, you know, faces off. They're worshiping God. The Bible says, like a mighty rushing wind, the Holy Spirit comes. Do you notice what happens right after the Holy Spirit comes? It says all of a sudden these guys from Cappadocia, Myrrh, Peak, things we can't enunciate. All these people from all over the world, they come to the Holiday Inn. They say, wait a second. We hear God being described in our language. Because when God shows up, 
He knows how to speak your language. You say, well, how will I know that it's God? You will know when it's God. Because the Holy Spirit speaks your language. When God starts talking, it's undeniable. You know that's not me. That's not the devil. That's not somebody else. That's not my mom or dad. That is God himself. Anybody seen Finding Dory yet? I went and saw Finding Dory. And, and, and when the octopus came on I, and the guy started talking, you ever be watching these animated movies and you're like, oh, I know that voice. Who is that? Who is that? Ah, of the next five minutes, I refused to Google. I was going to figure out whose voice that was. Next five minutes, I'm like, you know, trying to figure out whose voice is that? Who? And finally, after five minutes, I realized, ooh, that's the dad from Modern Family. I got it. I was so proud of myself. I, you know, I, I felt like a million bucks. Can I encourage you today? When the Holy Spirit starts talking, you will recognize his voice and you will know that it's him and he's speaking your language. Come on. Does anybody believe that the Holy Spirit speaks your language? He's talking straight to you. You will, you will understand the unction, the phrase, the marching orders, the conviction, the reminder. When the Holy Spirit speaks to you, you will know that it's God. You ever be with someone socially and they're talking and you don't understand a word they're saying? Tell the truth and shame the devil. This ever happened to you. I remember in high school, I used to play high school basketball. And my sophomore year of high school basketball, I was partnered with this guy named Ashley. Ashley was from Georgia, and, and he had that southern accent. And no offense, Chris. And um, he, he had that southern accent. And we, we, we used to play um, two quarters junior varsity, and then we would go up to varsity. We'd be eligible for two quarters varsity. So the whole year, every practice, every game, every bus, I was partnered with Ashley. But he used to call his name Atley, okay, because he had the accent. And, and we used to be together every I'm telling you, the whole sophomore year, I was with Ashley. We would sometimes be on the bus sitting together, and Ashley would start to talk. And I promise you, I'm sitting next to him. I cannot understand but one out of every five words that he's saying. So I just nod my head like, yeah, totally, yes. I don't know at all what he's talking about. Then I get caught. You ever get caught that you don't know, don't know what, they're, what they're saying? So he'd catch me every once in a while, because I'd be like, He's like, no, I just said that my dog died. Oh, I know. I'm sorry. It just, all dogs go to heaven, so it's great. Because I just, I could not understand what he was saying. I'm telling you, be of good cheer tonight. When the Holy Spirit comes to your world, he speaks your language. He knows how to talk to you about where you're going. He knows how to talk to you about your situation. He knows how to speak your language. Come on, anybody grateful tonight that you don't just have an active agent or an ultimate helper, but the Holy Spirit knows how to speak your language. And then notice the difference. Watch the difference between what the Holy Spirit says versus what the enemy says. The devil wants to show up in your world and all he wants to do is get in your ear and tell you what you're not. But the Holy Spirit wants to put his arm around you and tell you how much you are loved by Jesus. The, the adversary, he just, all the adversary does, he points at your life and says you are not great. You are not called. You are never going to become something. You are no good. You are such a hypocrite. You are so two-faced. All that the adversary does is say, you are, you are bad. You know, the Bible says in Revelation that, the, that literally the enemy, he stands and he, before the throne of grace, he accuses the brethren. He says, God, you cannot promote this one. God, you should give no favor. Do you know where they've been? Do you know what they've done? Do you know what they've looked at? Th th this one's awful. This one, and he shames you, doesn't he? 
The devil just says, you're awful. You're bad. You'll never fulfill your vows. You never stay faithful. You always turn away in your heart. The devil wants to shame you and get in your ear and tell you what you're not. But the Holy Spirit wants to put his arm around you and encourage you and tell you how much you are loved by God. Come on, anybody thankful tonight that the Holy Spirit always just comes to encourage and he puts his arm around you. The Holy Spirit shows up and says, do you know how much God loves you? Do you know how proud heaven is of your life? Do you realize that you ain't seen nothing yet in your life? Do you realize the plan? Oh, I'm telling you, God has begun a good work in your life, but he's going to be faithful to complete it. You know, the Greek word for the Holy Spirit is the word paraclete. By definition, the Holy Spirit, he is the great encourager. So he comes to encourage you. He says, you are awesome. You are called. You're anointed. You're doing better than you think you are. You're further down the road than you realize. You are, we're so proud of you. I'm so grateful when the Holy Spirit shows up. He does not tell me what I'm not. He just tells me how much I'm loved by God. My two-year-old is, is, is at kids' church tonight. His name is Winston. And he, Winston's my favorite. I mean, I, I love my son so much. His name, his name is Winston. He is so much fun. He currently, he is not saved. Let's believe he gets saved tonight at kids' church, okay? We're believing salvation. And salvation will manifest in him sleeping till 9 a.m. tomorrow, okay? And so my two-year-old, he's the best person. I love him so much. And my son, you know, we, we do all kinds of stuff together. And my, my favorite thing to do is we go in our backyard and we play sports. We, he lasts one minute per sport. So we'll play football, basketball, baseball, soccer, golf. We just go through all the sports. I look at my son when we play sports and I say, son, you are such a great athlete. Oh my gosh, you are so athletic. It's unbelievable. My son, he'll come downstairs, you know, with his Sunday best on, with his outfit on for church. I'll look at my son and say, oh my son, you are so handsome. Oh my gosh, you are so good looking. It's crazy how good looking you are. At night, we read books together in bed, you know, and we read books and he's really smart. I mean, he's, you know, he's calling everything what, what it is. I'll look at my son and say, oh my gosh, son, you are so smart. Oh my gosh, you are so intelligent. Oh, and I'll look at my son and say, son, who's your best friend? And he'll say, Dada befriend. I say, say it again, say it again. And he's like, Dada befriend. I'm telling you, I'm, as a father, I wish, I pray, I wish I could hire some spirit to follow my son wherever he goes, that that spirit would be in his ear that said, you know your dad thinks you are so smart? You know that your dad thinks you are so handsome? Did you know that your dad thinks you are so athletic? Did you know that your dad calls you best friend? Oh, I'm thankful today that we got the Father in heaven that literally gave us the Spirit of God that would be in our ear saying, do you know how proud your dad is? Do you know how much your dad loves you? Oh, y'all got to give him a little bit more praise than that if you believe that Jesus was excited about the Spirit being our encourager. Now, all of this, all of this, the active agent speaking our language, encouraging, all of this is the role of the Holy Spirit. But Jesus was not just excited about the role of God in our life. He was also excited about the power of the Holy Spirit. This right here, this is what the Holy Spirit does in you. But God was excited, Acts chapter 1 verse 8, and you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. Jesus was not just excited that you would have a spirit guiding you, comfort you, leading you, reminding you, convicting you. He was also excited that you would have the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwelling within you, giving you a power that is undeniable. This power would make you a cut above. This power would make you so lethal. It literally takes natural people and allows them to be supernatural people. It literally takes those that are ordinary and uses them for the extraordinary. Jesus was not just excited that we would get something, uh, a spirit doing something in us. Christianity is not about what you can get. 
Most of us, we just want the role of the Holy Spirit. Oh my gosh, church was powerful. I felt goosebumps. Oh my gosh, this was like Coachella. So precious. Oh, it's amazing. I don't just sing that sparrow back out. <laughs> As if all of this was for what you could get. But the Holy Spirit wants to do something in you. So ultimately, he can do something through you. This is what God does in your life. But the power is what God does through your life. Right down number four. I want to end with this today. The purpose for the power is for people. The purpose for the power of God is for all of this is for you, for you to be on the right path, for you to feel encouraged, for you to, to be strengthened, for you to be reminded when you're discouraged, reminded God has a plan for your life. This is for you, but power, the purpose for the power is for people. I invite the worship team to come back right now. Now, I don't know who I'm preaching to tonight, but I want to encourage you today that God wants to give you the same power that raised Christ from the dead, that he can dwell in you. You could be used mightily by God. I don't care what your past is. I don't care what you've done. I don't care what you're going through right now. If you've got the power of God, you become eligible to be used by God. Jesus was excited because he knew that the power of the, and you shall receive power, my power, when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And when you get the power of God, I'm telling you, everything changes. All of a sudden, the power of the Holy Spirit, you're walking down, down the Westfield Mall, walking down the mall, and all of a sudden, you got the Holy Spirit in you, and the Holy Spirit speaks to your heart and says, hey, 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 that person right there is going through this situation, they're thinking this right now. I want you to go up to them and I want you to encourage them that I see what's going on. They're on heaven's radar and everything's going to be okay. And you walk up to them, you go, ah, ah, ah. And you start the line like every, all Christians, all good Christians started with the same line. I don't usually do this. Favorite line ever. Translation, you always do this. I never do this except I always do this. You walk up to somebody. Say, hey, I know this might be kind of weird, but I felt like God wanted to tell you whatever you're facing, everything's gonna be okay. And come to find out they were going through one of the hardest trials and tragedies in their life and they are on heaven's radar and God used you to lift their head. That's called the purpose for the power. It's for people. Purpose for the powers for people, you're at your workplace and someone that you've been believing will come to know who Jesus is, is sick, or they have a family member that's sick and you say, ah, I don't usually do this, but I know a God that heals and I have faith that your cancer can go away through the name that is above all names. And I just, I've gotta, I've gotta ask, is it okay? Can I have permission to lay hands on you to pray because I, I believe in the power of God. Please hear me. The purpose for the power is not for your following. It's not for your fame. It's not so you can make much of who you are. It's not so we make much of a church or a ministry. The purpose for the power is so that Jesus can receive all the glory, all the honor, all the praise. It's so that we make much of Jesus. 
You say, I want to lay hands on you, not so that you think I'm amazing. Not to us be the glory. Not to us, but to your name. The purpose for the power is for people that the Holy Spirit, the Bible says in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 1, eagerly desire the gifts of God. That we should, as believers, we should want to prophesy, have gifts of faith, miracles. We should want words of wisdom, words of knowledge, tongues, interpretation, discernment. Come on, I do not want to live this life just having God do a bunch of stuff in my life. I want God to use me so that other people that don't know Him, they will come to find out that our God is the most powerful. He is the most mighty. He is the most wonderful. Wonderful. Oh, come on. Am I preaching to anybody tonight that believes that we've got the Holy Spirit? I don't know what agent you got, but I know that I've got an agent and his name is the Holy Spirit. Y'all give him some praise tonight in this place if you believe what I'm preaching. Come on, stand up to your feet tonight. The purpose for the power is for people. Jesus was so excited because he knew he Whoa! I'm not just going to die. I'm not just going to rise. I know that when the Holy Spirit comes, I promise you, I'll do something so wild in you that you'll never allow the enemy to put your head down because I'm going to be an active agent. I'm going to be an ultimate helper. I'm going to lift your head in times of discouragement, in times where you're downtrodden. I'm going to lift your head and I'm going to use you beyond your wildest imagination. If that's your prayer, why don't you lift a hand to heaven right now? Holy Spirit, we pray right now. Fill us with your glory and fill us with your power. We say, come to Orange County. Come to Free Chapel. We thank you that tonight we have the ultimate helper. We have an active agent. Holy Spirit, we worship you tonight. We ask God, do something mighty in our life and do something through our life. Come on, let's worship God tonight. In living water, river wide in me, mercy, in your mercy, in say, if I have an agent, I want to stop being hard to work with. And I find that sometimes in my life, I resist the agent. And I know that God's trying to help me, but sometimes I'm not available. 
Sometimes I don't return the call. Sometimes I resist what the Holy Spirit's trying to say to me. And I just want to lift my hands and say, Holy Spirit, I'm going to work hand in hand with you. If you're my helper and you're my, you're my leader, I'll follow. If that's your prayer, lift your hand right now. You've got an ultimate helper, but God can't help someone that doesn't want help. God can't lead someone that doesn't want to be led. By lifting your hand, you're saying, I want to be spirit-filled and spirit-led. I don't want to be led by my flesh. I don't want to be led by my cravings. I don't want to be led by the spirit of this world. I want to be led by the spirit of God. Lift your hand higher. Jesus, we thank you right now that we are allowing you to do a mighty work in us. Do something powerful. Redig wells of revival. Redig wells within us. The God dream, the thing you spoke to us. We declare right now, you are an active agent. We're going to be active listeners. We're going to be active participants. We're going to be active in our faith. Do something that only you can do in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Come on, put your hands together. Let's applaud and thank God. Holy Spirit has been speaking to some people and you've been so resistant going, I don't want to forgive them. I don't want to get involved in church. I don't want to give my money. The Holy Spirit saying, no, 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 yield. Yield to my prompting, my unction, my leadership. I've got more for you than you could dream. Just let me do something. God can't do something through you if he can't do something in you. By lifting your hand, you're saying, do something in my life. I, I don't know about you, but I want God to do something in my life. Anybody else? May we not be those, please hear me. May we not be those that we look at what happened this week in Georgia, Tennessee, Minneapolis, Dallas, all over, Baton Rouge. I'm not looking at them going, what's wrong with them? I'm starting with me. I'm saying, God, do something in my life. Awaken me. Revival starts with me. The help in America starts with me. Anybody else saying the same prayer? Starts with me. Don't start with them. It starts with me. I got an active agent It's working in my life. So don't talk like that. Don't you, don't you be judgmental of others. Don't you be self-righteous. Do something mighty in my life. But I also want to pray for anybody that just say, if the purpose of the power is for people, then I want the power because I want to help people. I'm going to ask you, please hear me. Do not raise your hand if you want power for you. The power is not for you. This is not for your glory. This is not for your name. This is not so you can flex your muscle in the Westfield Mall. People go, whoa, wow, spiritual guy. It's not for you. This is not for you. This is to serve others. This is to help others. This is to give to the discouraged and the downtrodden, those that are suffering, those that are in the darkness. If you've got a, if you've got a passion for people and you want the power of God to run through your life. I don't care. Maybe you're spirit filled. You already got some of the gifts. The Bible says eagerly desire all the gifts. If you want to be filled with the power of God, lift your hands high. Both of them. Lift them high. We believe right now that the power of the Holy Spirit will come on this church. The power of the Holy Spirit will come on your life. Right now, I declare every gift from heaven. God, I thank you that right now, distribute to every person. I declare prophecy. I declare healing, miracles, faith, words of wisdom, words of knowledge. We declare, oh God, Lord, that you can use us. If you can use any church and you can use anybody, God, you can run your kingdom through our lives. We ask, oh God, give us the power so that we can serve your people. Oh, come on, let's sing it. Come on, let's worship one more time. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We hope you are blessed.